Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm, as always, R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about emotional energy manipulation, which is really using emotion to control others. Um, but before we get there, I thought I would share with people that this is the studio, this is the broadcast tower, here are the doors, and here are me and Neville and the crew. And the audience. And if you would like to be in the audience, uh, give us an email ahead of time, and we would love to have you uh, be in our uh, studio audience, which is fun. Also, if you are associated with FPA and would like to volunteer, Mm -hmm. This is the place you get all this live television experience. Be the man and woman. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, today in Mayan is? Is Seven Chewin. Chewin is the tribe of the monkey, and Chewin can transform things, take one thing and transform it into something else, like a work of art. Yeah. And seven being a day of perfection, where you let go things that no longer serve. Yeah, and I channel in order to play, which is very interesting channeling playing that is yeah. and uh, that is uh, very much what we do without ever knowing the entire life has been games played um, the commonality of it attempted to poison us against the idea of regarding life as a game but in reality that's definitely what it is and the process of magic not many people think about that concept but mm -hmm. it is again very real with the resonant tone of attunement which mm -hmm. is a very much what happens on any seventh tone day, you do attune yourself to mm -hmm. things. So, per usual, the Mayan is full of um, very sapient advice, very important things. It is very much to so. Change yeah, we ought the to. way we think. Well, um, I guess I'll start the ball rolling. Sure. We've talked about energy thefts and things in the past, but really, emotional energy manipulation is, as I was saying, a way to control using your emotions rather than just stating it outright, which is another way of saying passive aggressiveness, too. It's like we don't feel comfortable, and, it, and I hear a lot of people say, oh, that was passive aggressive, and oh, that was whatever. The thing is, is if a person feels comfortable and safe and confident about saying how they feel, <clears throat> they usually don't have to drive this underground and have it come shooting out in other areas in the form of n what one person may call negative emotion or emotion that doesn't serve us that well. And the first category is a, a manipulation that is uh, under the category of victimhood. And it is really an undercurrent of the emotion of pity. And we often confuse love and pity. So when we do the ah, poor me, or the victim mindset, what we're really doing is looking for love in, under the dysfunctional title of pity. Well, there's no such thing as a victim. I cannot count the number of times, probably I will not count the number of times we've said that on this show. There's no such thing as a victim. The word victim is the most commonly used word in the news media. Vic. Yeah, may as well be shortened to Vic or just V. <laughs> or v. And the idea of um, a victim is a false premise because we have free will. Everyone chooses everything. You understand this by now. Everyone chooses everything that happens to them, period. They choose it. You cannot possibly be a victim. 
we said, um, oh, I don't know, a half a million times, Katrina was filled with people who participated. Some participated by observing, as in, holy cow, look at all that water. Some people participated by saddling up and riding north as fast as they could go. Other people participated by using Katrina to call their gate to the other worlds. But there were zero victims. No victims, none, zip, nada, zilch. Well, I'd like to add on to this because victim or the ah, poor me asking for assistance, mm -hmm. when asked for directly, it's not the same as, as the victim and the ah, poor me. The victim or the ah, poor me is asking for assistance without having permission within self. So it has to go yeah. underground and it has to camouflage in the form of something else. And I agree that there are no victims from a higher level, but I would just say to the audience that we may not consciously know that we've selected certain things and we may not consciously want something to happen in our life, but there is some higher purpose, whether it is you go through your religion and say, God's got a greater plan for me, or faith that there's Valhalla later, or some kind of heaven waiting. <clears throat> Whatever that is, it's just saying that there is a higher purpose. And rather than struggling against it, fighting it, and getting stuck in that heaviness of the victimhood, it's better to say, well, why did I create this? What magnificent lesson did I learn through this? And it's through that exploration that we no longer have to create those, what we would call painful, experiences. Well, I had never in my life understood what anyone meant when they said passive-aggressive. I believe that's defined then as be, uh, pretending to be a victim, I think would be a very good definition well, it of is. It. And also the idea that Valhalla is some kind of an alcoholic beverage, which I'm certain about that. I mean, come on, it's Vikings. You know, that was their whole... Vikings need love too. Yes, they do, and they receive it, sometimes overly aggressively. You just have to love anybody that had a helmet that was that horny. You really would. Oh, geez. Okay, so <laughs> the idea of um, the pretense that we have that we're victims. I mean, the, what I admire most about the Klingons, forgive the Star Trek, don't forgive the Star Trek reference. I don't care if you forgive it or not. Please. I'm not even interested. The Klingons, they're a hot item because there was no such thing as a victim anywhere in the Klingon mentality. If you had the slightest inclination towards victimhood as a Klingon, what, were you gay or something? No, there was no possibility of that, and no offense to anyone who's gay. None, none taken, come on, this is all in good humor, it's not, go ahead, be a victim, see if I'm interested, and I'm pretty much complete, go ahead. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what it is, is is to say that we have power and how you find power, because we've all been there, we've all been victim, victim mindset, we do, we go there. And you just re remember that you're there quicker and quicker as time goes by and step out of it. Because this really isn't about blaming victims or blaming people that operate in the passive aggressive, pitying way. It's a matter of becoming more conscious and realizing that you have tools that are bigger than these tools. These are child tools, and I don't mean to insult children, but they, they are childish tools because we don't know that we're lovable. And behind all of these categories that we're going to discuss tonight, it all has the same thing in common, that we do not remember our power. And that if 
let's say uh, someone is participating in Katrina or in Japan or whatever yeah. with what has been going on lately, <clears throat> we still have compassion, we still give, we still help, but it's above ground. It's not in these, uh, these subtle ways where we work to make someone feel guilty or, or sad or pitying to uh, coerce them into giving their assistance. That when we give through love, it's funded by the universe and nobody ever gets depleted from that. Another version of this particular, um, the victim uh, emotional energy manipulation, there's also the martyr emotional energy manipulation. The martyr is one of my very favorites because it's relentless entertainment. And what you want to do when you've found someone who's habitually martyred is to put super glue on the back of their hand so that the next time they go, it just stays there. Okay? Then they spend the rest of their life going, hi, I'm a martyr, how did you know? And that's sign for, that's sign for martyr. That's, that's, if you speak sign, that's how you say martyr. Yes, let's just, let's just uh, brand them and then kill them. How about that? Wouldn't that be a good way of doing it? Or Martyrs? No, we could explain no, entertaining. that it's love gone out. It's yes, love. Yes, this is true. Okay, let me just say this. Martyrdom is love without the knowledge that love is a two-way street, that it is an inhale and an exhale, a, a love giving and a love taking, and that we have to be open. If you look at your two feet, one goes forward, then the other goes forward. If we only have one, if we only let one of the feet move, we're not going to go very far. Yeah, if we funny. only inhale, we're never, we're going to die eventually. So the idea is... <laughs> It'll take that long. Okay. Well, I don't know. You're an immortal, so I don't know about you. I, th I think... Uh, no, immoral. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot too. of people have made that. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is, we can look at these as long as we cordon them off and say this is evil and wrong and bad. Everybody's just going to be in perpetual denial that they ever are there themselves and they're just going to look at the other people that, that are displaying that at the moment and give cause to ostracize them out of life, which we'll talk about that in a minute. So it's important that we love this about ourselves because, and I'm not saying you're not saying that, your technique or what you're saying is very valuable because we have to see it as something that is not real yes, and, and to be able to leave. But if we yeah. resist it too much, then we're not really letting it go. So at any rate, did you have anything more about this category? Um, Leonard Orr notwithstanding, the concept of uh, immortality, which fascinated me for a very long time until I realized um, you have to rest. You have to release the body do the stuff that one does in between lives and then return to the body or there will be no real evolution. Um, certainly you could get a whole lot done in a couple hundred thousand years if you stayed in the same body. Mainly it would be keeping the body alive would be the main thing you'd be doing, but immortality is not a um, viable concept because you do have to occasionally retire any more than never sleeping would be considered to be a yes, viable concept and those who uh, tweak <laughs> rather than tweet um, are familiar with what I'm saying. There's a point at which that was just a little too much. Generally you are arrested and um, <laughs> then you get to rest for a while. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. It's just not I... the nature of the universe to be immortal in the way we use the word. Well, I, I've always felt that way and I agree with that. I, I, mm -hmm. 
figure if, if I'm to be here to work on something as this human I am now, then I'll stay as long as is good for me to stay yeah, to yeah. affect that, that mm -hmm. thing. And then so, you choose to go. That's in a, another thing we can do a show on. Okay. Yeah, well, conscious death. Yeah, that'd be a good, good idea. Well, if, if we're talking about the subject of the, the pity, which is masked in the form of the victim, or the, the pity in the other direction in the form of the martyr, feeling like we're Superman and that nobody else has is enough and we have to give it all to them, uh, which is really a guilt-driven type of thing. Mm -hmm. Martyrs usually are guilt-driven. I would say look for that because we all contain all of these emotional manipulators that we're going to address tonight. We do. And so let's just accept that, that we have those times. And if it does emerge, it's a great flag. It's like that corn stalk in the, in the corn field where you can see where the person is in the tall corn. It's a way to see programs that are running within us. And so if we're not in, in a judgmental, critical relationship with it, we'll be able to say, okay, martyr, what are you telling me? Are you saying to me that in this situation I'm not entitled to love? Well, I'm going to have a discussion with you about this. Or victim, are you saying that you feel powerless and you don't have a right to ask for assistance outright? Well, then let's talk about this. Okay. Well, the idea of so, the source of love being internal is a very important factor to place in this equation because mm -hmm. um, as soon as we believe the love is out there, that's less than productive for our growth, really simply stated. The idea that any of us individually is love, the idea that everything is love has been held back uh, from us once we can recognize it all as love, then we are existing in a very different world than the one we we live in, yeah. in particular, which would be anti this whole um, martyr victim concept. Any of the idea of the emotional manipulation could not occur unless you somehow felt that you were inadequate. Yes, and that's the basis that's of the all point. of this that yeah, we're about to discuss. That, that that's um, exactly um, exactly true, and yeah. and what my point is, it's all where we don't believe we deserve love. Yes, yeah. so look at it as such. Mm -hmm. And then we can go a yeah. long way. And then well, physical disease falls in that category as well. You know, we've known for so many years, whatever the cancer is, it's the part of us we don't love. Yeah, and, and I had worked with uh, the, the late, great um, Dr. DeBin. Yes. I mean, I had uh, gotten a lot of really valuable insights from him, and one was anger that mm -hmm. he, everybody he worked with with cancer had underlying angers. And I think it's so That's important. That's really upsetting. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, it's really important to clear. I had just written mm -hmm. recently on my Facebook page that the cause of all war and all conflict is really something in the past. It's not mm -hmm. about right now. Because if it were about right now, you'd be looking at the situation fresh and saying, okay, here's the border. What can we do about it to feel comfortable? It's in the past. We used to own it. We've owned it for thousands of years, and that's the thing that gets us really embroiled in pain and anger. And our relationship with ourselves and the people in our lives really do have a bearing on how we move forward. Well, um, I'd like to uh, move to the next category. Or sure. Okay, I agree with all, all the stuff we've been saying. The next one is the bully, which I am going to say is really fear. Because what the bully does is instills fear into the other person. 
and manipulates them. It's like almost attaching a leash to a collar of someone else. And when you're a bully, you make them afraid, and then you can lead them to any kind of situation, any type of an emotional exchange that you want to have. So if we become fearless, which involves the platform of what we just discussed about being uh, powerful instead of a victim in the mentality, we can still ask for help, assistance, um, money, love, whatever that is that we feel that we could use more of, but the victim mentality makes us feel powerless. And then that leads us prey to being fearful, and people can be bullies through exhibiting fear and passing along fear, as in the war on terror and, uh, and frisking five-year-old children at airports and things like that. I mean, that is bully, and it's using a fear, our fear, to manipulate us. I mean, it's a pretty clear example, but we do this for each other, to each other all the time. Employers will make the employee afraid for his job, so then the employee is manipulable. And as the uh, language codes points out, um, the characteristic word of the bully is the word must. You must know that. I'm going to bully you into understanding what we have to say on this program. You really should know this. You, you feel the level of manipulation that comes from? Which is not me, I'm just showing you how this works. Uh, the word should is the uh, is manipulation. It is the um, guilt. All manipulation is guilt manipulation. What we'd like to point out here is the idea of the immediate response, the immediate reaction, pardon me, the reaction to the situation. Go by the book. The reaction to the situation is very different from your response to the situation. The reaction is immediate and unconscious and it's how you've been brought up and trained. Okay, so if you say to somebody they must do something and they immediately do it, they have done zero thinking about it because they probably would never choose to do that. It's just that you must them up. I'm all must up. Yes, see, um, to get them to do that. So to step out of manipulation is to begin to retrain yourself as whole retrain yourself as someone who recognizes love and to get to the point where you don't react to situation or, or your reaction is from a very, very healed point of view and you immediately feel badly for someone who is so poorly raised that they became a bully. The bully is a person who has been bullied. Generally, this is passed along in family lines. So. You get third and fourth generation bullies. And then there comes the hero to stand up. This is the way the whole thing works. This endless cycle of this has become yeah. redundant and boring and unnecessary. We, the human race, can step out of this. Money is used to bully people every day of the week. How many people have ever done anything? You know, when, when you're being paid to do something, even if you loved it, when you agreed to the job, et cetera, I just love to do this. As soon as you're paid for it, you're never paid enough. And you <coughs> spiral down into this being bullied. It's well, inherent. Well, being a bully mm -hmm. is really a sign of a lack of belief in self. And so a bully feels he, has no he or she has no power in mm -hmm. the world and so has to then use some asset, 
which may be strong arms or uh, whatever that is, in the case good of looks the or female, whatever, yeah. and, and attempt to coerce the person. It becomes a battle instead of a conversation because they typically don't feel competent to engage in a conversation or an intellectual emotional exchange uh, where both parties are equal. So to beat the bully up, yes, you are talking in the bully language and you're going to say, okay, now I'm the alpha male, you are no longer the alpha male. Or you could go to a place where you realize that the bully is feeling powerless and help, help the bully, for instance, with children in schools. Bullying isn't something new. I know it's gotten a lot of press lately and with social networks a lot of things are going on that's amping it up entirely but bullying has always been there. I remember even being in elementary school and this one bully terrorized everybody in class and I would tell people why can, how is it that this one kid can scare 28 other kids? Why don't we all say no to this. Just don't stand for it. That's an and I, I have always stood up to bullies. Now sometimes that may not have been in my own physical best interest, but I did it anyway because I felt that. But there is a way to communicate to a person's higher self and maybe that's something that we figure out and teach it to kids in school. And maybe we adults don't know it because we were never taught in school. So this is a whole branch of of things well, it, and it's a feeling of powerlessness and then the the person being bullied feels fear over their life so if they can remember their power there they'd be much less likely to participate well as we've mentioned so many times on the show fear the difference between fear and information is the level of consciousness of the person perceiving the situation exactly. and that's what I'm saying our reaction to a bully might be to kowtow whatever that means, no one's sure. I know there's a cow involved, but that's all I know about it, uh, is to, you know, to kowtow so as the reaction. Uh, however, if the reaction, because of a higher level of consciousness, if the reaction to the bully is pity, I feel so badly for you, it must have been that childhood you allegedly had, you know, stuff like that, or even humor, or even any other Aikido, to get the, the power of the bully to pass you and then you just give them a little shove as they're passing and they slam into whatever that is behind them. You know, the basic, the symptom of being unaffected by it, of saying, well then if you have to kill me, go right ahead. Please hurry it up because I have to reincarnate as soon as I'm out of here. So I have a schedule, go ahead, kill me. You know, well, basically if you do not accept the threat, Fire me then. You'll be doing me a favor. Early retirement. Go ahead, fire me. Well, I think bullying happens in the workplace quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. And I it's causing so much stress that these bully bosses in workplaces are killing people. It's it stress is the number one cause of all disease. We yeah. we must we must not give in to at least the stress part of it. Right. The being so psychologically bullied. In the rewriting of our response pardon me, reaction these situations. This is what I'm saying. If we're tuning in this show, perhaps it is we are looking to think in a different way than we may have ever thought. And what we're saying here is when you, first of all, we're not aware we're being um, energy manipulated, emotionally manipulated. We're not aware of it because we go unconscious as soon as the thing is set up. You should know that. Did you notice I just manipulated you? Did you notice it was the word should that did it? 
Okay. Next must time. Must you? Yeah, must. Yeah, yet another. So all of these, these, the first thing that happens when we're emotionally manipulated is we lose consciousness, and then we comply with the manipulation. So on our program, we are here to educate you to refurbish, to reinitialize your reaction to these things. In other words, as soon as you're manipulated, first of all, you'd have to feel guilty to be manipulated. So as soon as you release guilt from your field, you're ready to do that, aren't you? Evidently not. Okay. As soon as you get around to the point that you're willing to take a look at just how guilt manipulated you are in your life, and then to realize that you're not guilty of anything, and then to reset your reaction to things, then we can go on to say that becoming immune to the guilt response will keep you from being manipulated. In order to do this, you'll have to view yourself as whole within yourself. Pardon me, it's the way it works. You'll have to realize that love is everything, everywhere, all the time. There is no absence of it, there is no dearth of it, there is no scarcity of it, there is no lack of it. There is simply love everywhere, okay? And to see the world that way will place you so far away from the field of human beings that you're now aware of, you may find yourself to have absolutely no friends or acquaintances within a year of taking the vow to recognize yourself as whole and complete. Hello? Hello? Oh, here, go well, ahead. Well, I, th I can hear people telepathically agreeing with you good, just because you're good. not hearing from them. But um, that, no, I'm just saying yeah, that they're yeah. out there. Uh, no, I well, agree. Being a bully is really a false sense of control, and control is always out of your power if you're having to control something. We all go there. We all are bullies in our own way. When we feel like our victimhood has not gotten us the love that we are not allowing ourselves, then we go into the bully and we call bullies into our life to let us know that we're not giving ourselves love and that, and that we're beating down our own door. We're really mm -hmm. bullying our own, our own self. But the workplace bullying, I, I would like to put this out there because I work with so many people with emotional blockages and various things with the techniques that I use. And I see an, an extreme amount of stress that is going on in the world today, in <clears throat> particularly this area, I'm sure everywhere, that, that is because companies have downsized and, and laid off so many people that the people that are remaining are literally doing the job of three and four people. And, and they're not hiring people back because they say, hey, I can make bigger profits. Look, it's working with this, these few employees. But if you look what happened with the air traffic controllers, one person all night long in that tower, we are, as a race of beings, dying, get, being killed off early. So if you're doing this to your employees and you can do something about it, do something about it because this is murder. It may not look like murder, but it's ultimately murder. It has to be addressed in yeah, our world. Absolutely. The children of these people are suffering, and the society of tomorrow is suffering because they can't be with their parents. So please rethink what you're doing. It's a bully technique. It's a feeling of being powerless, and it's a fear of the future. Well, I have an interesting bully anecdote, and, and it will forgive me for not knowing the specific details on no this because. Yeah. Did I. What? 
You said, forgive me. I said, no need, no, no forgiveness. No, I it's forgive not, me. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing to forgive, yeah. actually. Uh, yeah. So point. there was this particular European dictator, and I don't remember what country, and he was so desperate to bully people that he forbid abortion in the particular country. And um, 18 years later, and I believe to the day, <laughs> uh, a couple hundred, possibly more, a couple thousand, hundred thousand kids who were all the unwanted children that resulted from this policy. Um, I believe they killed him publicly in the, the square of, um, uh, if anyone knows the details and would like to refresh my mind on this, I do know the anecdote, but I don't know the specifics of it. Um, anyhow, as a result of his uh, obsession to bully people, he forbid abortion so there would be that many more people for him to bully except at a certain point they all got together and killed him which I think is just great I, I love this and if as I said if anyone would love well I That's find the it way quite to fulfilling the world. <laughs> well the world is going to change we'll let this God is my sort it point. All out. The, the world is going to change whether we do anything about it or not it always has it always will and it does tend to remain appearing as though it doesn't change but it does actually well a lot What's of that name about has nothing new under the sun well that's also contributed uh, yes the consciousness changes the world and mm -hmm. the, then the world changes consciousness as well as well it's, yeah. a, it's that in out yin yang type of a thing but anyway think about the bully stuff think of the times in your life where you're bullying other people to get what you wish is it uh, bullying the next door neighbors so that you can get the parking space close to your house. What is the bullying? And forgive yourself and see that it's really a, a lack of belief in your own power and a belief that other people have more power than you and so you have to fight to get some of your power back. Well, then the third thing that I'd like to bring up for our, our conversation mm. is the elitist. And I love that word, but really the elitist is camouflaging shame and regret because th the way the elitist mindset works is, okay, I've, I've done the victimhood, I've done the ah, poor me, I've done the bully, I, I've attempted to force you to give me what I wish, and you won't now, so I'm never going to talk to you again. And this used to be a form of punishment that was worse than death, is for the whole tribe to ostracize someone to the point where they would not see them, they could still live with them, and eat with them, but they would never look at them, never speak to them, and pretended not to hear them. It's really quite a ingrained social thing or, or biological thing that we have because the survivor, survival of the species depended on our social structure. So this is a tool, a very high-level tool that people use. No, you can't come to our writer's group, or no, you can't join our club. Uh, it's a way for a person to feel bigger than, than what they, but they're, it's really camouflaging their secret shame underneath. And there's an equal gnome that's getting us to feel smaller also, you know, that's going on in this. So that makes sense, excommunication. We won't communicate with you mm -hmm. anymore from the church, which is all a very funny. The elitist is, um, let them be elite. You know, just be elite. You know something I've noticed? Well, t Tell me if you found this, but I've seen this a lot over the course of my lifetime, um, just in various sides of it. And when people have, let's say, a teacher or a mentor of some sort, 
that they are, they're, the mentor is giving all this to the, the student or the protege, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and then the protege reaches this certain f place where they feel their, their power is teetering, where they're, they're looking to balance that bike of power and then turns on the friend or the mentor or the parent mm -hmm. and gets very malicious and then cuts them out of their life. I've seen that a lot yeah. with people. Well, that's like the their, martyr thing. Like your boss thing. that was helping you and, and things like that. Well, I think it's slightly different because it's their power that yeah. they're gaining and then they become very teetering and so they, I'm going to get these negative thinking people out of my life and when it's done from the elitist approach, it's not really done in a balanced way. If somebody is not of an energy that's compatible with you in that moment, then you release that energy within yourself and then they will through attrition and in a loving way yeah. the universe will pull them out of your life but mm -hmm. if you're forcing a wedge between you and someone else through elitism it's really an inside problem to look in there or symptom rather i love that well, the, the language codes you know, the inner symptom yeah the elitist cannot be the elitist without other people clamoring to be who it is you know, like yeah, a Hollywood rock star ashamed. could not possibly be a Hollywood rock star without a lot of people going, wow, you're better than me. Which is the whole uh, shame and regret. Yes, exactly. And so on planets where there is a far more evolved civilization than on this planet, it's not done like that at all because there's no, first of all, there isn't really the entertainment world the way there is on this one. On our planet, everybody is looking to not be who they are. Even That's Brad true. Pitt. No offense, Brad. Everybody Either is richer, smarter. Yes. Seriously, Brad. No offense. Just okay. In the um, and I had just a perfect conclusion to that. Oh, once we are not interested in that world, that once once we're not so fine, you're Brad Pitt or the president or whoever you are. Hi, you're just another human. You're not fooling me. You know, you're just another person. That's it. There's no, there isn't that, that set. Yeah. Then and, and the world has a completely different feel about it. Oh, go ahead. I, I I'm just, just agreeing with you. Yeah. And, and done in a loving way where you're really seeing this, the equality within all of us is one thing. If it's done from the perspective of I've got to get this person out of my life to, because most people combat elitism with elitism and it becomes this thing and that's what causes wars, that's what causes separations, that's what causes the uh, Hatfields and the McCoys and the son that hasn't talked to his father in 30 years. That's elitism, combating with elitism which is one of the biggest stalemates we can emotionally get into. So please know the difference between a, an elitist stalemate and literally an ascension above the conflict. They bo both people may go away but it's done through a different p vehicle. So what was the... Um fourth one? Or, or were you? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the fourth one is the griller, previously called the inquisitor. But the griller is oh. a, a person that deflects attention from themselves by grilling the other person. Instead of, like, let's say, and the underlying feeling is guilt. So if I feel guilty, let's say someone came up to me and said, did you take my cookie and I feel guilty about it? It's this harsh, defensive, offensive strike where you go, 
Why are you asking? You always asking everybody about cookies. What's going on with you? Do you love cookies? What's your relationship with cookies? Let's put the spotlight on you. And then the person responds with guilt and says, oh, cookies, I hadn't even thought about. I didn't take any cookies. And, and when a person is accused of something, they get very disoriented. And we go into guilt because guilt is this huge room that mo most people have within them. And they get accused, they run into guilt, and they get distracted. And so it's a diversionary tactic, and it's also an intrusive tactic. But it is an underlying the hook that they get into people. The underlying thing is guilt. So <coughs> let's, let's do, do this. Do you this disagree? Way. No, I was okay. just proposing okay. my next the premise here that I wanted to put down, which is if the phone rings, do you have to answer it, yes or no, choose one? No, you don't have to answer the phone because it's ringing, correct? <laughs> Someone agrees with me, I'm certain of it. Okay, so supposing you get an email, uh, does that mean that you have to answer it? Yes or no, choose one. Okay, so this idea of the endless questions that were asked, you don't have to answer. You really don't. And what we're talking about on this program is developing immunity to emotional manipulation. Almost as surely as someone has asked you a question, there is a manipulation going on because questions to a very large extent are a false premise. In other words, as soon as you're asking the question, you already know the answer. Where were you? Well, if it was your business, I would have informed you. You wouldn't have had to have asked. And now that you've asked in such a rude way, I, I have no intention of telling you a thing. You've just done a very good job of identifying yourself as part of the Inquisition. And you guys died out in the 1400s somewhere in Spain, didn't you? No, evidently not, which is, well, of course, not interesting. And I wanted to add, a, go ahead, I wanted oh. to add another point. Well, go ahead and add but your it's point stepping before you back um, into, um, oh God, what was before this was? Elitism. Uh, elitism. Uh, it slipped my mind. Go okay, ahead. Okay, well, maybe you'll remember. Um, but, yeah. but, the, but the asking of questions, uh, I know that you and I have a difference of opinion here, which is fine because the way I see it, there's enough truth for all of us to have our own and they don't have to agree yeah, with each other. Yeah. But just a, another point of view, I don't feel that every question is a griller. Just like every request for assistance is not pity and victimhood, and just like every uh, putting your foot down and saying no to something is not a bully, there is an energy that goes behind, let's say, the unhealed way of demonstrating these, and they always come in a way that is not the real emotion, that is not the real, real saying. So I think it is perfectly fine to say, when will you be done with your homework? Can we go get ice cream then? Are you up for that? Those kind of questions, I don't see anything wrong with it. As a matter of fact, that's how we enter into dialogue. And there's something living that happens when we enter into a dialogue with someone else. And questions can be these great spurrings or uh, uh, triggering, igniting of great forms of thought. But when the questions take power away from someone, as in how much did, raise did you get? 
Someone asked me that once, and I didn't know that I could say no and not answer a question. It was just something in my s cultural subconscious mind that someone asked me. I either had to lie if I wasn't comfortable asking, answering it, or I had to tell the truth and put myself in an uncomfortable position. And so one of the things that that taught me is that there are many, many different techniques for dealing with questions. And one would be, why do you ask? Do something that separates you from the bullying, the pulling of the thread uh, and, and roping you in or reeling you in. And then you can actually respond and not enter into the dysfunctional landslide. Well, in this developing our immunity as far as emotional manipulation goes, we live in a world that is the world of excuse. We really do. And either we answer the question or we give an excuse. And um, as we've said, the, the word try, okay, so uh, the word try means you're, you're slipping out of things. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. It's not anything. Would you come to my party? I will try to be there. Now, if <laughs> someone says, would you come to my party, and you say no, Okay, now if this were not the world of excuse, they would say, all right, and that would be the conversation. But since we live in the world of excuse, you have to say, would you come to my party? No, I'm so sorry, I'm busy that night. I have to replace the poodle or whatever that might be. We have to make an excuse to keep from being guilty of not responding emotionally to someone who has out of the blue uh, inquisited us with this party invitation as in now if it wasn't the inquisition version of the party invitation it's I'm having a party on Thursday night oh that's wonderful uh, uh, shall I attend is quite different from hi you coming to the party Thursday see the difference well, in what I'm saying so I, I was kind just of, I kind of do but I also uh, in the in the form of realistic uh, interchanges well, it's between not the world people. We live in. Yeah, well, it's not. But uh, let's say you are having a party and you're inviting people, and you don't wish to spend five thousand dollars on food if only two people are coming. I don't see anything wrong with saying yes. I com I'm coming to your party. I commit to coming to your party. When we feel guilty is when we react to these things. Yeah. If someone is asking you a question and you feel guilty about it where you got to bite their head off, then that's really your issue, not theirs. If you're not feeling guilty, you will say no. And sometimes people seek out excuses. And what I'm doing is revealing the healed aspect of each one of these things. This is what we're doing. And the yeah. healed aspect is, okay, do you wish for me never to invite you to a party, or is it just this time? And I think people are looking for more information. So if we just speak you frankly. You can provide it so if that we they just don't speak, have to ask. If this we is just my speak frankly. Yeah. And, and we ask, I don't see anything wrong with that. It really only brings pain when there's guilt involved. Yes, but and, in general, when, if we lived in a different a world, we would be providing control. information to keep the person from having to ask us, because I don't, I don't care to be well, asked I, as a general rule. I'd so rather I'm someone ask me, myself. Okay, and I, 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 don't don't, I just wanted to express yeah. that I'd rather provide the information than to be asked about it. It's just much easier to volunteer the information than to be inquisitive. But we don't always know what the other person would render useful for me to ask, and I don't choose to always be in someone else's head wondering. So both of these approaches are fine. Yeah. As long as they're done without guilt and without controlling another person, it's really not the issue. 
It's mm -hmm. only when these things turn into guilt and control. Are we ready? Is the duck up? Duck up. Ah, uh, here come the duck. And as always, the question is, what I'm the I'm going to risk. Would you like to take one of these? <laughs> that was my risk. Synonym, I asked him a question. <laughs> risk is a synonym for love. Yes. And tenderness, I am reminded of. Thank Great. you very much, Duck. I took a risk, and then Neville was tender. <laughs> That's lovely. Yes, and well, well anyway, done, I might before, before we get to perhaps some calls that may be coming in after oh, the yeah. Duck, mm -hmm. just to summarize that, is these are four of the manipulations, those emotional manipulations. And I would suggest to everybody that if you see it going, leaving you, then know what's behind it by listening to some of the things we shared tonight. Mm -hmm. And if it's coming at you, understand that that person is living in fear or they're living in uh, lack of control or whatever. And speak directly to that part of them, the higher part of them, and not necessarily engage in that that denser vibration, because if we engage there, we're going to have to use the tools of that level. And we want to extend our the food there. That's yucky. We want to extend our thanks to James Redfield in the original Celestine Prophecy, who began these concepts that we've been talking about. They that were we've written been developing. up in the original language codes books as um, the original language dialect. code book as dialect. Yes, of the dialect of the Inquisitor for example, which always has a question mark after it. Boy, that's the easiest one to spot. And uh, I believe our calls have begun. So, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi. My name is Susan. Hi, Susan. You guys are great. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Me too. Um, it's interesting that you're talking about emotional manipulation. I'm experiencing that from someone at work. And I was just wondering if you could give me a tarot reading um, and touch on two things, maybe give me a little guidance in dealing with issues at work and with a difficult problem I ha I'm having with one of my daughters. Okay. Okay. Okay, Thank let's you. see what we get. And Thank we'll, you. Sure. We'll start with that situation at work. And I, I feel like the, the two things may be very similar. The, the Sun card when we discover how wonderfully magnificent we are, we're really like this child on our horse of power with sunshine. We really know who we are. And I feel like you know who you are, but that certain times, things like conditions at work, the, the swords represent thoughts, and they are um, all up and down this person's back, meaning beaten down and, and walked all over and things like that. When that happens in your life, you get tricked into forgetting who you really are and you buy into this. Whenever things like that are happening, that emotional manipulation or whatever, and this applies to the situation with your daughter and everything, that if we are feeling like this, it's a lie and to remember the other part of us. Now this is the card I pulled specifically when you asked about your daughter and this is the card of one of the things that it comes up for me is herbal healing and herbs and natural things rather than non-natural things and to always look into that before we go in other directions always give that a go first but it's also about love and it's about tenderness and um, being welcoming and letting all life live and uh, I feel that that really has to do with that situation and so she's going through something that may be on the physical level um, mm -hmm. 
either a circumstance in her life or acting out in, a, in an emotional way in her life, she may want to follow the same advice. So, And just you. to reiterate from the show that what we are attempting to do here is to get people to rewrite that basic reaction mm -hmm. to the manipulation and, and instead to, to the to understand it and then to choose a different response rather than the reaction because we've all been brought up to react as though we are guilty. And what we're doing on the program is getting people to understand that you can respond in a non-guilty way and therefore not be manipulated. Okay, this great. is what we're talking about. And we do have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, I'm Nahid. Hi, John. Nahid. Hi, Mary. Hi, hey, how hey. are you? Very good. How are you? Uh, it's good, wonderful good. to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, I'm wondering, uh, first of all, is, oh, like always, it's a fantastic show. It's, oh, uh, thank every you. Every time I learn a lot, every time I, by the time I'm listening to you guys, is I'm finding myself better and better. Oh, that's great well, news. Thanks thank for thank saying you. that. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you. you have a time for me, uh, kindly, you can have a reading for my uh, guiding for my life. I appreciate that. Sure. Thank you. Be All most right. happy to. Okay. This one really wanted to come, so to speak. Okay, I love this card. It's one of my very favorite cards in the deck. It's the Four of Swords. And to me, that is communing with yourself, your higher self and your guides. And the swords are our thoughts and they're and in this picture it shows them very orderly and under the bed in a straight fashion and allowing this person to really, um, with his hands pointed up, really open up to the higher spiritual guidance as also is depicted in that stained glass. And that is something you're being called to do is really look inside even when things have appeared in the past to be running around and going crazy, you've always kept your calm center and your spiritual grounding and people know that about you. It's all in your field. You really, really have that radiating. And this is the card, I know it's not the Empress, but to me it's the second thing to the Empress. And that is, is the, um, the Queen of Pentacles. And, and it's a, she's a good mother. She's a good provider. She does what she has to do. She's frugal, yet she's generous um, and because she's been frugal. And that is you and, and raising your family and your son and everything. And what this card, Judgment, illustrates is that we all are about discovering who we really are and this the people on here are being lifted being called out of the coffins of the illusion of death and finiteness into their vastness and their wonderfulness and you're going through a lot of spiritual growth and you're going to be seeing evidence of that soon too so thank you okay do we have, do we have our next caller i believe hi caller what's your name please no calls no caller okay, okay. well we um, can still talk to the no caller Yes, and I, I would uh, like to share that we do have some workshops on, on our website to, that can be um, downloaded and mm -hmm. various things. We're going to be offering more and more stuff coming up, yeah. and I'll be posting the schedule coming up soon, too. Mm -hmm. I have not got around to doing it. We'll that. have the course on palmistry at some point coming yes, up. Yes, and the course on tarot, and everything that, that I teach, and, and I can't speak for Neville, but um, I, I would agree with this. It's about grounding. Anything that we learn in our spiritual path, and I'm going to be teaching um, a psychic development class at Excellent. Sticks and Stones on Friday. And then oh, both yeah, of us yeah, are yeah. going to be there doing readings from 12 to 4 on Saturday, and that's Very a good perfect point. circle. But yeah. one of the most important things as we develop ourselves is developing our spirit. And our spirit really has to 
release the sandbags of our emotional trauma and drama before we can ascend up. If we take those into these spiritual realms with us, we have these illusionary hells that we go through. So there was a reason. Oh, we have one more quick call. Yes, we do. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary Neville. A long time. I haven't talked to you. This is Greg. How are oh, you? Oh, hi, Greg. Greg How are hey. you? Real good. I, I know you're busy. I love that show today on on guilt. The, uh, the first part of the show was just really great and oh. something I really enjoyed. I wanted to thank you for that. Thank no, you. Good. Thanks uh, for saying And, and I also uh, have a friend named Marsha that I wanted to get a quick reading for if you still have time. And yes. I'm gonna, if you do, that's great. If not, um, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. And this is for Marsha. The first card is... Uh, talking about times in your life where you felt like there wasn't anyone there for you and that you were out in the cold by yourself and not really um, at your optimum. But one of the things that those times in your life have taught you is how strong you are and to let you know that no matter how desolate things appear, there's always this beautiful, warm, welcoming force that's behind you. All you have to do is really receive it. And I, I feel a lot of independence with you and independent nature that is a wonderful thing, but I would just say watch out for those times that it doesn't allow you to receive. The Page of Cups to me is always this innocent, romantic, loving thing. And to go at new projects and new relationships that you are finding in your life now as a child would with just this innocent abandon and allow things to come. And that's really when those big deals develop too, like the fish in that cup. And then we got the card of meditation and relaxation and communing with your guides, that this really is a time to go and assimilate some of the experiences you've had and let them convert into that wisdom to be pulled back into your life. So thank Excellent. you. Yeah. And we will be out at Ruby Tuesdays shortly, uh, provided this is indeed Thursday night rather than the Saturday rerun, <laughs> rebroadcast. Or the Friday rebroadcast. Or whenever the rebroadcast is. But you can rate. watch us live from all over the world at telepathictv.com on mm -hmm. Thursday nights, 8.30 Eastern Time. Where you can call in if you have questions or wish a reading. Mm -hmm. And uh, But right now, uh, come join us at Ruby Tuesdays. It'll be fun. Or come to the studio audience, and we are looking for volunteers if you know how to operate cameras or um, are affiliated part of the with FPA, FPA or would like to get involved in that. Yeah. would like to volunteer helping out on the show. We'd love mm -hmm. to have you. Yeah, excellent. And uh, what else? It seems that's what we're up to in the next little while, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, you're teaching, what are you teaching Friday again? Psychic development. Psychic development. And you're going to be doing uh, a series of past life, future life, off-planet lives, and parallel lives there next at, month. Uh, yeah, between so. lives at Sticks and Stones next month. Yeah. yeah, so that sounds exciting. And you can check out lots of things. I have two decks of divination cards. You can do your own reading at telepathictv.com mm -hmm. under the tarot link. Check out the website. I spent a long time putting lots of stuff up there, so mm -hmm. please partake and send the link around yep, we yep. would appreciate it and you can listen to us on iTunes as well yeah yeah and if anyone is interested in signed copies of the books just get in touch we can do all this we've had some remarkably good feedback on these these and other subjects that we're involved in mm -hmm. so, yes yeah all right so it's our joy and honor to take you to the door so to speak and you're you know you're going to go through that door so quit fooling around and do it
do it. Because we have a life to live, and as soon as you guys wake us up, we'll be happy to be awake. Yeah, just do it. I believe that works that way exactly. Yeah, actually it does. We love you guys. Thank yes, you for watching. Yeah. And please continue to watch and spread the word. This is our 11th year going into like close to a thousand shows between yeah. everything. So maybe more, 1,200 actually. Yeah. We count multidimensional. Mm -hmm.